make your own work. That's what everyone says, because you're kind of at the mercy of the industry in a way. Like you often hear actors tell stories, I'm sure, of like sitting or standing in an audition room across from a panel of people who are sitting there staring blankly at you. And those people get to decide your fate. So unless you're making your own projects, you're making your own shows and movies or whatever, you don't get to choose your own life. You don't get to choose when you get the job and when you don't. Hello, I'm Olivia D'Souza. I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I'm a content and podcast expert. I support visionary entrepreneurs and leaders passionate about living with purpose. Join me as we explore podcasting, life, business, and authenticity. Subscribe for meaningful conversations with a business buddy who gets what it's like. Welcome to Magnetic Pod. I'm stepping in the next little me. Hi, hi, hi. You know, it's so funny. I've been complaining about, I just got back from the West Coast. So in my body, it's two hours earlier. And so I've been like complaining about the time change and complaining about fatigue. And now I can't because you (laughs) have a way crazier life than me. (laughs) I win. (laughs) All right. I'm going to do a little intro for you so people know who I'm talking to. Okay. So Jenna Warner is someone I discovered on TikTok and then followed over on Instagram. She is the host of a newish, still pretty new podcast called Shiny New Clients. And that's what she teaches, how to get new clients and who doesn't need that. And she specifically teaches marketing and how to get sales from Instagram. Jenna is sunshine coming out of my phone. When she delivers her message on video, she always has a big sunny smile on her face and she delivers valuable content and she does it in a style that feels like she's talking with a friend that she's super happy to see. And when she announced that she was starting a new podcast, she said, She was looking for podcast guesting gigs and so I threw my hat in the ring and now it's going to be a two-way conversation. So this is very cool. Hello and welcome. That was the sweetest intro and if you're just listening to us and you can't see us, Olivia's got like all these giant sunflowers behind her and I've got a shirt covered in bright yellow lemons and we both have big smiles on. So I feel like you really hit the nail on the head with the vibe that we're going for right now. (laughs) We are very sunny, aren't we? That's a bit of a yellow theme. So this is the first time we have met, although you're not aware of the parasocial relationship that was there. I've been enjoying following your content, so it's lovely to have you here. And I noticed you have a showbiz background. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah. So I grew up on stage. I've been on stage since I was a little kid. It was like always my thing, the school plays and professional shows since the time I was like nine. And then I went to school for musical theater and I started pursuing life as a professional actor after I graduated college. Oh, I went to performing arts school. Like It was like my whole main thing. So when I started into social media, there was like a lot of tension, a lot of resistance there because it was like, what do you mean social media? That's not my thing. I'm not a marketer. I'm an actor. I'm a bartender. Like that was my identity, but I kind of got pushed into this direction. And now this background in showbiz like highly informs the way I approach my business as a marketer. It's not wasted at all. So backtrack a bit. How did you end up getting pushed in this Well, do you want the short story or the long story? I'll go go the long one. Tell me the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So when you are an actor, 
The advice you'll hear from every direction is make your own work. Make your own work. That's what everyone says. Because you're kind of at the mercy of the industry in a way. Like you often hear actors tell stories, I'm sure, of like sitting or standing in an audition room across from a panel of people who are sitting there staring blankly at you. And those people get to decide your fate. So unless you're making your own projects, you're making your own shows and movies or whatever, you don't get to choose your own life. You don't don't get to choose when you get the job and when you don't. So when I was an actor, I was trying everything. I worked my very hardest to get whatever gigs. I took whatever classes. I showed up to whatever parties. I did whatever I could. And then eventually I tried the make your own work route because that's what everybody tells you to do. So I wrote a show with a friend. It was a one-woman musical. And we went and toured it like across the country. And not a lot of people came. Really fun. I think the show was really good, but still, it went along with this trend of my career being a little bit lackluster. You know, I booked the occasional gig, I made the occasional money, but really, I I was funding my career through bartending. So, after I finished this Canada tour with this show, well, we went to like a couple of different provinces and we got back to Toronto, where I was from. And two people inside one week said to me, Congratulations on your success. And I was like, what the what are they talking about? Because (laughs) no one came to this show. (laughs) So it kind of led me down this like existential crisis of like, how are we, how are we quantifying success these days? Like, why is it that people thought I was successful? Because I literally flew home between two cities to bartend to pay for the hostel I was staying in between shows. So Hmm. I didn't feel like a success. And I really wondered like, what people saw that they were complimenting me on. So I realized it was what they had seen of me on social media because they Ah. weren't in these other provinces. They didn't see the show. They didn't know how many people came. They just saw what I told them online. And at the time, I didn't know that I had any special skill for public image or PR or marketing or anything, but I had got myself like a ton of press. Like I was on the cover of the art section of the Edmonton Journal. I was in the Winnipeg Free Press. If you're not familiar, those are very big Canadian cities as far as big and Canadian city can go. (laughs) (laughs) I was on breakfast television. Like I got the show a ton of promo, but nobody knew me in those cities. It wasn't reflected in ticket sales, but everybody back home who followed me on social media and saw that was like, wow. So that is impressive. How did anyone No. Oh, well, I'm interested to know how you landed all those Well, you know, one of the big rules that I teach about marketing is you need to not talk about and post about and create content that you want to create. You need to create what your audience wants to see. And that's Mm -hmm. also the biggest tip I have for getting press about yourself. You don't reach out to a newspaper and say, hi, I'm Jenna, please feature me because I want to be featured. You reach out to them and you say, what's in it for them? You feature me, you will get, your audience will like it because like you position your brain like from what they're going to benefit. And so that's what I did when I was writing press releases and reaching out. I took photos that were easy for them to place onto newspapers. There's like kind of a way that you can take your photo so that it works better. So it's easier for them. I sent files that were easy to open and I wrote myself in my press releases positioned the show so that they had like angles to talk about. And so a lot of that was coming from this lifetime of experience in the entertainment industry, but I didn't realize it was a special skill. So at Mm -hmm. this point, I started like really looking into that, like, oh, what do I know how to do that other people, you know, I wasn't like this cognizant of it. Actually, I was feeling pretty lost, but 
I ended up getting a little scholarship to take a digital marketing program because I thought, well, there's something to this. Let me just learn more about like the digital marketing landscape. And Mm -hmm. in it, they talked about publicists. And I thought, ooh, what's that? What's a publicist? That sounds fun. And I wrote in my mark in my like little book, like publicist question mark. And then I told this is wild. So I'm also a huge advocate of like telling people what you want, Mm -hmm. putting it out there. Yeah, I've noticed you do that. And that's why you're here. That's literally why I'm here. I made a TikTok saying, put me on your (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Great point, Olivia. (laughs) Yeah. So I've told probably five people that I was thinking about maybe becoming a publicist. And then get this, this publicist from LA was coming to Toronto for a TIFF, the International Film Festival. And she needed someone on the ground in Toronto to work for her. So she asked the people she knew in Toronto and two of those five people who I had said this to recommended me. Wow. Just a crazy coincidence. So Kathleen hears this Jenna name more than once. So she's sold immediately because now I've gotten two referrals and she finds out I know a thing or two about social media. So she kind of does this trade. She's like, how about I teach you about PR and you teach me about social media? Bada bing, bada boom, we'll be a team. She, I end up working with her for years. She takes me to Sundance. I get to travel all over and work on all these films with her. So that was really cool. And then from there, My yoga studio that I volunteered at forced me to run their Instagram. I said no like three times until they finally made me do it. Then I started having a hell of a time. I loved it. I was like getting yogi influencers to come over to the studio. I was like dragging lighting equipment on the streetcar across the city, taking like influencer photo shoots and trading them for shout outs. And like, then I started doing the social media for my bar that I worked at. And then it cascaded from there. And eventually I had to make a decision because literally my agent called me and she goes, so looks like your social media stuff's really taking off from what I see on Instagram. Do you want to talk? And I had to say like, like it, it was a sad moment. It was a hard moment, but I had to be like, yeah, okay, I think we're done. And after, you know, 25 years of trying that thing, I'm going to try this thing now. It's really interesting. It's been a great training for you, isn't it? Going, having the lifetime of experience you had and then trying to make your own show and put it out there. And it's, it, you can totally see like at the time you wouldn't have been able to see it, but it's interesting looking back how that was an incredible experience. A hundred percent. Like part of like marketing and having a small business and marketing it, as you know, is like crafting your story. So just to be clear, that whole story wasn't clear to me while I was in it. It was only clear when I reflected on it. And someone Mm -hmm. asked me, you know, the first time, how did you get to here? (laughs) And I had to think (laughs) about it. How did I get to here? (laughs) It's interesting. It's actually really interesting to be asked questions, I find. Sometimes, you know, it just makes you reflect and go, huh, well, okay. So, and why Instagram? Why is that your, that's your main focus? Is that, have I got that correct? Yeah, that's my main focus. Honestly, it's just been a journey of trying to niche and get more specific about who I help and how. So I, for my social media management clients, I have like, I train small business owners who want to run their Instagram, get clients from Instagram on their own. But then I also have an agency where we outright run social media. So the agency does run Facebook too, does run some TikToks too. I love TikTok, but I just went with Instagram because it was like, I really was just trying to niche down and get more specific. And it seemed like that's one of the platforms that people were pretty interested in learning about. And it's as simple as that. Same reason why I work with service-based business owners. I used to, my program was for 
anyone initially, like product-based as well. There are some product-based businesses owners in there, but it was really just a journey of trying to be more and more specific with who I am and what I offer. Okay, fair enough. And one of the things you have been talking about, I've heard in your content, is doing it in just 15 minutes a day. How? (laughs) How does 15 minutes? (laughs) Can you share anything on that? Yeah. So, okay. The 15 minute a day strategy that I teach isn't so much for the content creation. It's for everything else. What happens when people, the biggest complaint that I hear is like people are worried that they're wasting their time on social media. They're worried that their like efforts will be for naught. And then they're also like literally wasting time. So things like having your notifications turned on is insane to me. Like if you have your notifications on right now, can you please turn them off, dear listener? Like turn them off (laughs) because you need to be in control of your own time. Your notifications can't be. I'm Mm. all about workflow. I'm all about, you know, task management and time management because like yourself, how you mentioned you're not great at time management, (laughs) I'm not naturally either. So if you have something like a ding and a notification and a dopamine hit that's like popping up on your phone, you're going to stop whatever you're doing and respond to it. So the 15 minutes is like a checklist of everything that you need to get done in a day on your social media and then the prerogative to just turn it off and not look at it in between. And some people in my program take it really, really seriously. And some people use it as a jumping off point, but it's really a way to like be more aware and limit the time that you're wasting on these apps. That's right. To use, be more intentional. And yes, I definitely, I have notifications off as many as I can turn off, they're off. (laughs) Yeah. Like also people think that if you don't respond to a, a direct message from a client or a lead, I should say in know immediately that you're going to lose them. Well, they're busy too. And did you ever think that maybe you look more sought after if it does take you 12 hours to get back to them? Like Mm -hmm. at very most, it's going to take 23 hours and 15 minutes for you to get back to them if you're doing a 15 minute a day strategy at the same time every day. So at the very most, you're still within a 24 hour response time. So people think that they need to be there right away to answer all those DMs. But if it's disrupting your productivity, it's really not worth it. That's right. So you have these videos that you make that look that look great. You do them on all different settings and different backgrounds and all of that, which is interesting. And how do you go doing it in front of people? Sometimes you've done some that are, there's people around, isn't there, or a public place. And how do you feel when you do those? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, just today I published some content that was about the mantra of this will be worth it when I get paid. And I want to do that too. I love that. Did you see that? I'm like on a bit of a kick right now of like embracing embarrassment. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. Uh, because really, what's what's the worst that can happen? You know, there's so much benefit from posting. There's so much indirect ROI from meeting new people. Like, I don't know who's going to listen to this episode. And if I didn't have the guts to like ask for what I wanted in a post, I wouldn't be sitting here. So there's so much potential for direct ROI, indirect ROI. And I think that that's really what I try and remember when I'm in a sort of embarrassing situation. And also the people who are like walking by you on the street when you're making content in front of a pretty mural, (laughs) they don't know that you don't have a hundred thousand followers. They don't know. They don't know that you're not getting paid a thousand dollars for a brand deal for making this post right now right? They don't know and they don't need to know and it's none of their business. And it's actually like when you can brave up and start making content like that and like rip off the bandaid, you make more content and more is more. You get more reach, you get more followers, you get more opportunities. So I think it's kind of like 
I don't know. Does that answer your question? Like in a way to like root it mentally? Yes. And I think there's something very rewarding about having that fear and doing it. And it just feels like living life fully. And you can totally be proud of yourself regardless of actually what comes out of doing the thing. Just the fact that you did the thing is something, is a goal in itself and a reward in itself. Heck yeah. <laughs> I also like one of my first videos to go kind of viral, like viral when you're starting out. So I got like, you know, tens of thousands of views on it was a video where I gave, I said, this is my like best tip for taking content in public. And it's, you say to the person who's looking at you, funny, oh, my publicist will kill me if I don't get this. I'm so sorry. My publicist, <laughs> my publicist is making me, it's not me. It's her. I have to get this by 12. She's going to kill me if I don't take content today. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me the background with that post that we're just talking about? We mentioned a post where you said it'll be worth it when I get paid. And just to paint the picture, you are looking like you're doing a speaking gig and you're in this room with lots of chairs that are empty, but that's not what you're going to put in your photos. <laughs> but you're in front of a presentation, which is your presentation. I like your PowerPoint that's probably showing my age. I don't know what they're called now, but you know, your slideshow behind you. And um, how did that happen? How are you in that space with that? Have you gone especially to some sort of event and said, can I just put my slideshow up and take photos? Or how did that Okay. Happen? I was actually presenting. I just wasn't presenting in that moment when I filmed oh, okay. it. <laughs> I just thought it was completely contrived. You might have to do a follow-up video now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thanks for telling me that. I will make a follow-up video. So to be clear... I was doing a paid speaking presentation at a trade show in Texas, but just wasn't presenting at that moment. I went into the room before the audience arrived so that I could take pictures of myself doing it without it being awkward. And then the audience got there like half an hour later. That's what I meant. Okay. (laughs) Now you've got more, more content to make, just to clarify if anyone else, maybe everyone else got it. I just love that you set it up and took photos and, and did that. So if anyone needs our speaking gigs, probably, probably not in Australia, but you know, if anyone (laughs) gets this over in Canada or, or wherever you're willing to travel. Um, I'll travel anywhere if you pay me to. Fair enough. About going viral, there's a video of you. Can you tell people about your relationship with fruit and peeling, peeling fruit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I see where you're going with this. All right. So one of the tips that I give everyone, so try this later today, Liv, like if you feel like it, is Mm -hmm. to when you do a talking head video, which is just you talking to the camera, like telling your audience maybe how to do something or about an experience you had, to also be doing something with your hands. And I learned this tip actually in theater school where if you're doing something with your hands while you're talking, it tends to make your speaking feel a little bit more normal and you're not like a little bit more natural and you're not like having that sensation of, oh my God, what do I do with my hands? I feel like a robot who just got hands for the first time and you don't know where to put them because there's a camera pointed at you. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is just do something with your hands. It could be literally anything. One of my program members, I gave her this tip and she just arranged flowers while she talked and it was beautiful and it had this pop of color. And I actually gave this tip once online and one of my followers kind of had some resistance towards it. And she's like, what could I possibly do with my hands? Like it was impossible for her. And I responded with five ideas. I'm like, fix your coffee, bake a cake, do whatever. And so She ended up doing a craft while she talked and she talked about she teaches grammar. So she talked about like grammar 
while she did a craft and that video went viral. Uh-huh. So, so it's a super powerful trick for like a bunch of different reasons. So a couple of weeks ago, I was making juice and I decided to make a video while I peeled some ginger. So I was talking about just a rhetorical situation, basically about honoring every follower, even if you only have a handful, while I peeled ginger. And what happened was very interesting. <laughs> Apparently, I peeled that ginger very wrongly. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> per the internet, there is a right way and a very wrong, almost insulting way to peel ginger. I did not so, know this. <laughs> so so I, I'm being facetious, but like, so mm-hmm. I started getting all of these comments telling me that I was peeling ginger wrong and that you're supposed to peel ginger with a teaspoon, apparently. Mm. Yeah. I, I guess, the, that. yeah, I guess like the, the spiciest part of the ginger is directly beneath the skin. So if you peel it with like a potato peeler, you take too much off. Mm. All you really need to do is scrape it with a spoon. Ah. Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. The algorithm loves engagement. The algorithm yeah. loves when people touch your post. The algorithm loves comments. So people start commenting, tearing me apart, not caring about what I was teaching about, just tearing me apart for using this teaspoon, which made the algorithm show this post to more and more people. So the algorithm is showing it to more and more people. And then some people are seeing it. They don't know that they're being shown it because of the ginger thing. So they start answering the rhetorical question that I posed that I didn't realize wasn't obviously rhetorical, but apparently it wasn't. So now I'm getting all these comments of people answering the rhetorical question and people tearing me apart for how I peeled this ginger. And then people start seeing this video who don't answer either of those things. They just absorb the content. So this video is still going and it's at like two and a half million views and I only have like 40,000 followers because of all of these comments. So one of the things that I always teach my program members at the beginning of every group call when I teach Instagram marketing, I have my like the members put a win in the chat. Like what's something good that happened on social media? It could be that they got clients, that they made content that they were previously too nervous to make, whatever. It can be anything. And every time they have a video pop off, I say, great, how can you replicate that success? What did you do differently that made that work? So following my own rule, I made another video and I copied (laughs) the exact same format. I started with a rhetorical question, got into teaching something, kept it around a minute. But this time I peeled an apple with a butcher's knife. Ah, yes. So it was freaky. And I got, again, a lot of comments of people (laughs) being like, what the hell are you doing? You're going to cut off your fingers. Is that seriously how you peel an apple? And then that video took off, not on TikTok, but on Instagram. So then it, last time I checked, it was at like half a million views, which again Mm -hmm. is out of the ordinary for me. So then I raised the stakes again (laughs) and I put a carrot with an axe. Yeah, I love that one. (laughs) And that one was just me. I think the Australian term is taking the piss. Anyway, yeah, that's really. (laughs) Oh, yes. I love it. Taking the piss 100%. Like that one didn't go viral on any platform, but all the comments were people who actually know me and like people thought it was hysterical. My friends, my (laughs) clients, they were just like, we see what you're doing. And yeah, it it broke the the theme in that I like raised the stakes so far. And everyone was commenting like, I got a couple of people commenting, you should do um, peel a grape with a chainsaw. Yeah, I'm thinking, what what could you do next? I, I thought chainsaw was next, but I wasn't sure what you did and what yeah. you'd apply it. That might be a tad too dangerous. Yeah. Okay. So is there anything I haven't asked that you would like to share with, with my listeners today? Or maybe you could give them homework. 
(laughs) (laughs) You know what? I will give homework on my theme of like posting even like despite a little bit of embarrassment, despite your content being perfect. I challenge everyone listening to publish something that's currently sitting in their drafts. Mm -hmm. Okay. There you go. Action that within the next 24 hours from when you hear this. (laughs) Do it. And how can people find you? Uh, You can find me on any platform at Jenna's page, J-E-N-N-A-S-P-A-I-G-E. Page is my middle name. And since you love podcasts already, Mm -hmm. if you want to listen to a podcast that's all about marketing, marketing psychology, how to grow online, some of the mindset stuff that comes up when we're trying to grow a business with social media, then tune into the Shiny New Clients podcast. And I will put all the links in the show notes. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Stepping in the next level me I'm here to be everything I can be Like a snake, I'm shedding my skin To be my llama next level me I'm stepping in the next level me I'm here to be everything I can be Give you whiplash when you turn around And see me go again next level me It's time to be Hello, it's Libby here. Have you ever wondered about what the key elements are that make a podcast truly stand out? Or maybe you're thinking about starting your own special podcast and feel a bit overwhelmed and don't know where to start. Well, I have something for you. Introducing the ultimate podcast checklist. It's a step-by-step guide that covers everything from the initial brainstorming to advanced growth strategies. It's the perfect companion for both new and seasoned podcasters. And the best part, it's absolutely free. (laughs) To grab your copy, simply head to the show notes of this episode and you will find a direct link there and then away you go. Remember, every podcast started with that initial spark and the right resource. So let the ultimate podcasting checklist be yours.